how do you kill the flame of lust? You put it out with the heavenly water of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to give us power to witness and it's given to give us the power to mortify, to kill, to defeat the flesh. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. David showed us that you can defeat a giant like Goliath, but it's another thing altogether to defeat the giant of lust. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, Disarming Your Giants, with a look at the battle we all face from time to time, the battle with lust. It's always struck me as ironic that young David could face and defeat a nine-foot giant with only a slingshot and a stone but could not defeat the giant of lust that lurked in his own heart. And we've seen this very same story played out time and again in our own day. Is there an answer to this struggle? Can we really win the fight against this seductive giant? Well, as with all of our struggles, the Word of God holds the key. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Lust. great thing about heaven is going to be, there is no more temptation. The devil's gone. The flesh is gone. Fallen nature is gone. And can you imagine even going one week without feeling a temptation? Imagine eternity with no more temptation. But in the meantime, we have lust that war against our soul. And Peter said, I beseech you as pilgrims and strangers in this earth that you avoid these lusts that war against your soul. Now, I want to tell you today, I know this is a a delicate subject, and, and I know that I'm hitting home because we all experience this. But I want you to understand that there's not a form of lust you face, in whatever way it manifests in your life, that you have a Savior who understands every weakness of yours and mine. He was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. That's almost beyond comprehension to me. But there is not a lust that you experience, not a compulsion, not a pull, not a longing, not a craving, that Jesus Christ did not deal with it on the battlefield of life. The only difference with him was he never succumbed. So when he hung on that cross, Satan had orchestrated the murder of an innocent man. He was innocent through and through, pure tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. And so that precious blood that flowed down that old wooden cross was the blood that set us free, not only got us into heaven, but set us free from the giant of lust. That's the message. Jesus, in the midst of your battle, is your friend. He's not against you. He's not looking down at you, angry at you because you're struggling over this. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to experience the compulsion, the craving of a wrong kind of lust. The Bible says Jesus has set us free. 
you will know the truth and it'll make you free. And he whom the son frees is free, truly indeed, truly free, free on the inside. You can be in a wide open space, folks, and be in prison on the inside, or you can be in a little jail and be free. Freedom is an inside thing. It's not an outside thing. Now, here's the million dollar question. How do you disarm the giant of lust? How do we do it? How do you do it? If I'm supposed to be free, how do I do it? I'm going to give you three simple things. First, say this with me, ask for help. Now, isn't that profound? But you know what that entails and what it requires? Humility to ask for help. Men, men don't want to admit to struggling with a weakness. I am man, hear me roar. We don't like to admit it. I'm not telling anybody. And they're dying on the inside. Struggling. Second service this morning, we had men come down, weeping, seeking God, breaking. A couple of them reeking of alcohol. Came into church not having any idea they would be down here getting their hearts right. And I watched the chains break. I watched the chains break. And that's what church is about. The Bible says we should take our struggles vertical and horizontal, vertical to God. There's nothing you take to God that he doesn't already know. There is nothing you take to God that's going to shock God. God already knows. Isn't it amazing? So many times we pray, we think we're telling God something. We're telling for our sake, not for his sake. He already knows every struggle. So you go to God and you confess the lust to him, whatever kind it is, you name it and you say it to him. God, I am struggling with and name it and say it. The Bible says, trust in him at all times. You people pour out your hearts to him. Let it go to him for God is our refuge. He's not going to reject us. He's not going to turn us aside. He's our refuge, our rock, our strength, our shield, our healer, our deliverer. He is our sealer. He is our savior. He is all of these things to us. God is. You can tell him about it. Tell him about it. Now, you'll notice that sometimes when you go to do that, and you know you've confessed your sins to him, he's forgiven you, but you're still struggling with that giant. And if that's still what's happening, here's what you need to do. Take it horizontal. Tell a friend. Tell a pastor. Tell a counselor. Tell someone trustworthy about your struggle. Well, pastor, I just don't want to do that because I know it'll happen. They'll look at me from then on like I'm some kind of a freak. No, they won't. Because there's not a person in here who hasn't dealt with the giant of lust in some arena of life. And so like Jesus said, you that is without sin, you cast the first stone and nobody could and nobody still can. The church has got to get past this illusion we try to give people that when we walk into church, we've got some halo over our head that's not tarnished. We struggle all week long with the flesh. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. We all have battles, and if we would just get to the place where we say, brother, sister, I want you to pray with me because I'm really dealing with this giant, because listen to what the Bible promises. Confess your faults to one another. Did you know that was there? And that's not talking about a Catholic priest going to confession. You're all priests. 
Okay? So it says, confess your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I used to read that and go, oh, that's talking about physical healing. But then I dug into it this week and found what I thought I would find. It's not just talking about physical healing. The word healed here refers to freedom from sin. That when you bring something into the light, it's like God pulls up the curtains, the sunshine comes in, all the cobwebs in that dark room where you've been defeated are revealed. The spiders, the cobwebs, the rats scurrying on the floor, the cockroaches, they all start to run when the light comes in. And the light comes in when we confess to one another and just say, I need prayer. I need prayer. That's what Celebrate Recovery is all about here at Turning Point. I'm going to tell you, Tuesday night and Thursday night, we have Celebrate Recovery. I go to most of the graduations. I never cease to be amazed because Celebrate Recovery is all about you sharing with someone else your struggle, coming out with it. I need you. I need your prayer. I need your help. I need you to walk through this battle with this giant with me. And I sit right over there and I listen to these testimonies on graduation night. And I am always absolutely blown away at what I hear. The things that they have been delivered of. Sometimes this was the last stop. This was it before they walked off the cliff. And here they turn. And here they get delivered. And here they get free. One of the great reasons that Turning Point is here is celebrate recovery. Because it's really seeing people freed. It really is. So the word for healed means freedom from sin. So when you go to somebody and you say, hey, I'm struggling, there's something about that. It breaks the spell of that lust. Second thing, recognize what Jesus did for us on the cross. So we ask for help, and then we recognize something. What did Jesus do for us on the cross? Now, if I passed out a poll right now, and I asked one question, what did the cross do for you? Overwhelmingly, you would say, well, the cross got me forgiven of my sins and got me into heaven. And you would be absolutely right. But you would only be partially right. And do you know that a lot of Christians don't know what the cross really did do? And because they don't know, they have not gotten free. You will know the truth. And that's what makes you free. Now, let me give you some truth about the cross. This is an amazing statement. I'm reading from Romans 6, two verses, 6 through 7. Listen to what Paul says. Your old evil desires were nailed to the cross with him. Now, I'm going to read it again because it takes several times for it to sink in. Listen carefully. Your old evil desires, other versions would say your old man, the old man of sin, the Adam nature that got you in all your trouble in the first place. That nature that sins, that old Adamic nature was nailed to the cross with him. Now, follow me here. There's that old song, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Yes, you were. You were there, you were there, you were there, you were there, all of you. I was there when they crucified my Lord. Somehow in the mysterious, profound workings of God, when Jesus died on that cross, he nailed the old man of sin 
on that cross with him. That means my old nature is D-E-A-D, dead. Okay? It gets better. That part of you that loves to sin was crushed and fatally wounded. So that your sin-loving body is no longer under sin's control. No longer needs to be a slave to sin. For when you are dead to sin, you are freed from all of its allure and its power over you. Is this saying that we will never sin again? No. Is it talking about sinless perfection? No. Here's what it's saying. Before you were saved, you had no choice. You had to sin. All sin and fell short of the glory of God. Before you were saved, you had no choice. But once you're saved, there is a power that lives inside of you where you can resist those cravings. You can resist that pull towards the wrong thing by the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And because that old man of sin is hanging on the cross with Jesus. And listen, I ask you a question. If something is on a cross, is it alive or dead? It's dead. You hear what he's telling us? For when you are dead to sin, you are freed from all its allure and its power over you. So to overcome lust, we've got to recognize that the person we used to be was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Catch that now. That person you used to be that was involved in all the sinful activity, that person that needed to get saved, that person is gone. That old man of sin is nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul said. I am crucified with Christ. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. He's saying, I'm dead to sin, but alive to God. Before you were saved, you were alive to sin and dead to God. But now that you're saved, you are dead to sin and alive to God. Oh, we got to get this. According to the Bible, we Christians went from being dead in sin to being dead to sin. Say with me, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I see you going to the restaurant afterwards. What'd you learn now? I learned I'm dead. But you really are. The old man is dead. Now, watch 17 times in 23 verses in Romans alone, we're told we have died or we are dead. And our life is hidden with Christ in God. So what that means is that old man can't make you yield to sin anymore because he's crucified. Paul says, since you know that, or now that you've heard that, I want you to reckon it to be true. It's easy for us in Texas to say, I reckon. So can we just say it? I reckon. reckon. What are you supposed to reckon? He says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word reckon means count something is true. Conclude that something is true. If I stepped off the stage right now and I handed one of these folks on the front row a wad of $1 bills, said, here you go, here's $100. But it was just a wad of $1 bills. But I said, here's $100. What's the first thing you're going to do when I walk away? 
One, two, three, four, five, six, right? You get around at 98, 99, and oh, there's one left. So I conclude, having counted all the dollars, he told me the truth. That's reckon. I reckon I was told the truth. So we're supposed to add up everything the Bible tells us Jesus did for us. He took our sins on himself. He took our judgment. He took the blame. He took the wrath. He died in our stead. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. He took our sin upon himself and gave us his righteousness. When I add all those things up, I come to the end and I go, I reckon, I conclude that I have been told the truth that I am dead to sin. I presided over a funeral one time of a person who had been addicted to drugs. And after the funeral, one of their loved ones said this to me, at least now they can't be tempted anymore. Why? Because a dead person can no longer live in sin. They're dead. Are you ready? You are that dead. Your old man is that dead. No, this is not just John 3.16 today. But I'm telling you, doctrine and doctrine is truth that sets you free. We've got to understand these things. So it works out like this. Today, you're going to go to a restaurant. You're going to go down the line. And you're going to go to that one place where it's about this wide. When you get to the end of the line, the cash register is right here. But they make sure right before the cash register, right here, is the chocolate cream pie, the lemon meringue pie, the pecan pie. All of those things that are 1,000 calories per bite are right there. And let me tell you what happens to me. With me, I experience a craving. And it's always for the chocolate cream pie. You know what the devil does? There's always just one left. And that one says to me, God save me just for you. God save me just for you. And you know what I do? I agree. I say, oh, this is providence. Isn't it funny how when your flesh wants something, you come up for a hundred reasons. But now here's the deal. If you walk in this truth, here's what you do. If you walk in this truth, you hear that saying to you, I was saved just for you. You who come to me, you say, I reckon I'm dead. And you pay your bill and walk away and leave that chocolate cream pie for somebody else. You're driving down the highway. You've had struggles with alcohol. You drive down the highway, and here's those flashing lights of a liquor store, and it seems to say, liquor, stop, liquor, pull over. And you feel yourself letting off the accelerator, starting to turn down that exit ramp, and here's what you do. You say, I reckon I'm dead. And you turn the wheel back and keep right on going. Somebody comes up to you if you've had a struggle with drugs, and they say, hey, I've got some good stuff. Why don't you come over? We'll get a little high. You don't have to do it all the time. We'll just do it one time. And you know it's the devil, but that compulsion, that craving comes upon you. But you remember what you heard in Turning Point Church as we preach from the Word of God, and you say, I reckon I'm to sin, but alive to God. And we could carry this out all day on the different scenarios where sin approaches us and temptation, and we get that lust, a craving for something we shouldn't do. One last thing. So you ask for something, 
you recognize something, and then you feed something. Now listen carefully. There's an old story. There's two dogs fighting in you. Black dog and a white dog. One's the flesh, the other is the spirit. Which one wins? The one you feed the most. I promise you, it's that simple. What does that mean? Well, you can feed yourself all day on fleshly garbage. Television, magazines, books, culture, pop culture, trash, lustful images, wrong philosophies. It's everywhere. Or you can get up in the morning and first thing, head straight for your Bible and open it up. And that is your manna. That's your manna. What did God say? I'm going to give you fresh manna every day. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. You open up that Bible and he's got manna for you and you gather it and you feed your spirit man. You feed the spirit of God within you with the word and with prayer and with obedience to the initial promptings of the Holy Spirit. And if you do that, you will walk in the spirit. Now watch this. It says, if we by the spirit do put to death the deeds of the body, we will live. How do you kill the flame of lust? You put it out with the heavenly water of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given as the seal of our redemption. It is given to give us power to witness, and it's given to give us the power to mortify, to kill, to defeat the flesh. So you get up in the morning. It's my favorite time of day. I cherish this time. I open up that Bible. Got the coffee right here that I don't want to be free from, so don't pray for me. I just like it right here. But I open up that Bible, and I feed on that manna. It is so good. It is so precious. It is so powerful. And I can feel the Holy Spirit inside of me being edified and strengthened. If you look at Luke 140 and Luke 280, you will read how John the Baptist and Jesus grew mighty in spirit. They were mighty in their inner man. I want to grow mighty in spirit. How does it happen? You feed that inner man. So say with me, ask for something, recognize something, feed something. If you do that, that giant of lust will be starved to death. I hope this has helped you in your own struggle with the stubborn giant of lust. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you know, maybe you're not aware that Life Talk has many helpful resources to better aid you in fighting the good fight and to help you grow in your spiritual walk. Just go to our website at lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us and spend some time looking through our archive of free downloadable podcasts and other helpful tools. We would love to have you visit. And be sure to join us next time where I'm going to be talking about disarming the giant of depression. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and if you appreciate the straightforward Bible teaching you hear on Life Talk Radio, 
you can help us continue to be a voice of truth on this station. Call toll-free at 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us any time, day or night and make a donation to Empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Disarming the Giant of Lust is the ninth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to LifeTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.